Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Welcome, everybody. Gridiron Blitz, 390 in the house. Oscar Lopez here going with Mark Simone in about an hour as we get into the international news from Sweden, week three, the Czech Republic, week two, and the obviously the new season in Queensland Football League uh, over in the Netherlands. And then we're going to dive into college football, week two, kind of preview week three. What happened this past week was really awesome in terms of the college scene. And then we're going to dive in in the second hour, last uh, 30, 40 minutes of the second hour, we're going to dive into the NFL week one recap. Plus, we're going to preview week two of the next games coming up here. So if you missed anything, don't know what I'm talking about, you go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Everything there for you, women's American football news internationally and domestically, plus college football articles, plus the NFL front and center for this fall. So check it out at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. If you follow us on Twitter, get a handle, our handle right there as well on Twitter, Great Iron Beauty on Twitter for the latest updates on women's American football and NFL news as well. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast right here uh, on Blog Talk as well as on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. And if you're on uh, globalwomensportsradio.com, go right there. You can just tab on the podcast link, and we're right there as well. So check out our podcast. Uh, awesome reviews so far on Spotify and also on iHeart. And really appreciate everybody going there, subscribing, and listening to us every Tuesday as we bring you the best and the latest news on women's American football internationally as well as domestically. And you're going to get that pretty much here every week as Mark Simone, a.k.a. Backseat Coach, breaks it down for us every week. So he'll be here in about 60 minutes, and we'll dive into that. If you guys haven't signed up for Monkey Knife Fight, I don't know where you're doing, but go to Monkey Knife Fight, use the code NJF, the free $5 play up to a $50 to $100 match. Go to there right now, monkeyknifefight.com, especially right now with the NFL kicking off Sunday night, Monday night, uh, Thursday night. Really cool props. You can make about three times your money. So if you put in uh, $5, you're going to make about $15. If you put in $30, you're going to make $90. If you're inclined to put over $300 and very confident, you can make an easy $900 in a, on an NFL slate or an NFL uh, game like on Thursday, um, Sunday, or Monday. So check it out. Go to Monkey Night 5. That's our sponsor. Helps us support and keep us alive here to bring you the Women's American Football News Weekly and focus on Women's American Football as well. So check it out. NJF is your code. Free $5 play up to $100 match, monkeyknifefight.com. And if you haven't checked out our, our YouTube channel, you can go to your YouTube channel. we got a lot of shared videos, uh, Russian season shared videos, plus we got everything in BAFA, plus everything else that's happening in the States, everything there, kind of a library of action in terms of women's American football history internationally plus domestically. So check it out. Go to YouTube.com. All you have to do is go to Gridiron Beauties. The link's right there on our podcast uh, promo. And you can check it out right there as well. So uh, don't forget, check it out and subscribe as well on our YouTube channel. So that would be awesome. All right, guys, we're going to dive into right now um, in about 15 minutes. We have the Kelly Smith, Alabama Fire, WNFC 2021 Offensive Player of the Year. Um, what an amazing athlete. And we're going to be talking to her on her success uh, herself personally, her success with her team. 
in the 2021 season and what to expect for the Alabama Fire one step closer to a playoff, one step closer to the nine cup. And so we're going to talk to her about what 2022 is going to look like for the Alabama Fire in the WNFC and the opportunity for them to uh, get a shot at the championship, which is at the nine cup. So it's going to be pretty awesome to discuss that with her. She'll be here in about 15 minutes. So we'll dive into Kelly Smith, the WNFC 2021 Offensive Player of the Year. So let's go right into college football because this is a huge week. And week two, we thought week one was pretty interesting. Week two, pretty interesting as well, plus some coaching firing. So uh, who better talk college football than our own co-host, Holly Custis of the WNFC Utah Falcons and Hall of Famer as well. So let's dive into week two of the uh, college football team. Welcome back to Holly's Corner. Here are some of the most interesting results in college football from the weekend. Number 12, Oregon 35. Number 3, Ohio State 28. Could there have been a bigger win for Oregon? I don't think so. They looked like the better team the entire game. Ohio State was able to get some points on the board late, but Oregon was in control from the start and dominated up front. C.J. Verdell ran for 161 yards and two touchdowns and caught an additional touchdown. Anthony Brown was calm, poised, and executed the playbook. This is also a huge game for the Pac-12 conference as a whole. Number five, Texas A&M 10, Colorado 7. The Aggies needed some late game magic to avoid the upset. Colorado played very well, and they were able to dictate a lot up front and ran for 171 yards on a good Aggie defense. The Aggies escaped in advance, however. Number eight, Notre Dame 32, Toledo 29. This is the second week in a row Notre Dame escapes by the skin of their teeth. They needed 18 points in the fourth quarter to pull it off. This probably does not endear them to the pollsters and is a warning sign as they enter a more challenging part of their schedule. Number 10, Iowa 27. Number 9, Iowa State 17. Iowa handles little brother and gets themselves in great position in the Big Ten and also an early playoff conversation. The Hawkeyes were able to take advantage of three picks thrown by Purdy and convert them into points. Stanford 42, number 14, USC 28. Stanford comes out of nowhere after they had a terrible opening week and they completely manhandled USC. No matter the talent they have year to year, a David Shaw team is going to be physical and USC got exposed. Slobus looked panicked at times and USC has a lot of work to do going forward. Arkansas 40, number 15, Texas 21. Every time we think that Texas is back, they do things like this and lay an egg. Arkansas looked ready and motivated, and Texas looked like they didn't get off the bus. Arkansas ran for 333 yards and completely embarrassed Texas. BYU 26, number 21, Utah 17. When these teams play, it's always crazy, but BYU just seems like a more complete team. We're used to seeing a physical Utah front, but it just didn't seem to materialize. This is a huge win for BYU. And it's it was just a, it's strange weekend, uh, especially with the firing at USC. So um, we're going to dive into week two here in a couple minutes. But the rankings did come out in the uh, college football area. And as to Holly's point earlier, right now, as it was just a big weekend upset uh, where A&M and Notre Dame both survived despite training late versus unranked teams, which is very surprising, uh, especially for both programs. So with less than three minutes left, uh, they avoided pretty much an upset. So that would have been huge as well. The Ducks 
go into Columbus and they pushed the Buckeyes in a 35-28 victory. The win was Oregon's first victory over Ohio State in its history, and it snapped a nine-game losing streak to the Buckeyes. It also gave the Pac-12 a serious early boost, as she pointed out there, for a possible college football bird. So really exciting. Iowa joined Oregon as the largest climbers in the power rankings this week, following their 27-17 victory over Iowa State. And Ohio State tumbles out of the uh, top ten following that big loss. So if we're diving in here, let me just dive into some of the rankings that came out. Um, Alabama, obviously 2-0, also with a a situation early on where they were not as good as advertised in the past. So that also was an issue there. But they do win 48-14 to set up a top 15 showdown at Florida next Saturday. And Georgia, ranked number two there, um, they obviously were – doing pretty good, but the defense allowed only 174 yards and only points to the UAB scored pretty much in garbage time. So that wasn't so bad, but 56 to seven win further establishes Georgia as Bama's uh, most affordable challenger so far in the season. Uh, what can we say about the Ducks ranked number three, the Ducks beat Ohio state for the first time in school history and left no doubt that they obviously are the better team against Ohio, but they're also very talented. So this, these next couple of weeks, it's going to really, really going to say something about uh, quarterback Anthony Brown, who's really, really good. Uh, 12 of 18 went for first downs. So that's very impressive as well. Uh, Oklahoma Sooners, 2-0. Clearly, there was too much drama in week one. Uh, Oklahoma had to hold off and inspired a Tulane team uh, for the 40 to, 40, 40 to 35 wins. So uh, at this point, uh, Sooners made a quick outman of Western Carolina in a 76-0 route. So this is really what Oklahoma wants to do. They they play. I think it was, they're up like 45 points at halftime. So that was no question there. So uh, Oklahoma could bump up in terms of a couple slots, given uh, what they've done so far. So we'll see how they go. Or Iowa Hawkeyes. The Hawkeyes kept the uh, you know their trophy there with the sixth straight win over Ohio. I mean uh, Iowa State as uh, Kirk Ferentz continued his mastery over Matt Campbell, uh, who is now 0-5 against him. Iowa's defense shut down Iowa State, holding quarterback Brock Purdy to 138, picking up uh, three uh, picking up three times, while limiting um, Hall to 69 yards. So there you go. Hawkeyes are now 2-0 with wins over uh, then 17 Indiana, and now number nine uh, Iowa State. So their first top two top ten road wins since 2009. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, right there. Cincinnati slugged through a half against uh, Murray State before pulling away 42-7. The Bearcats scored the final 35 points propelled by Desmond Ritter, quarterback and running back Jerome Ford. So they're uh, at the uh, pretty much top of the hymn here at number six in terms of the AP polls here. And then Clemson, the Tigers put uh, South Carolina State Really early first quarter, they cruised to a 49 to three win. They're at number seven. Texas A&M. Uh, Zach Calzada went through about eight different stages of uh, development in four quarters, but did not, uh, you know, deter him at this point because he was thrust into action when uh, uh, quarterback Haynes King suffered a leg injury. So Calzada was mostly overwhelmed and rushed. So A&M trailed seven to three after three quarters, and he lost a fumble uh, inches from the Colorado goal line midway through the fourth. So uh, the Aggies survive. They're at number eight. And then Florida Gators, uh, Emory Jones started at quarterback, 
But backup, uh, Anthony Richardson uh, stole the show once again in a 42-20 win over USF. Richardson went 3-for-3 three for, three for 152 and two scores, uh, becoming the first Florida player with at least 100 yards and 100 uh, yards passing and rushing uh, games since Tim, Tim Tebow back in uh, 2009. So Florida State 2-0, and they're number nine. And uh, we're, we're going to finish off the top ten here. Penn State uh, beating up on Ball State on Saturday 44-13 in that that was pretty easy and pretty impressive as well. So uh, we're going to dive into right now the next week here, week three with Holly's Corner, and we'll give you a preview here before we get into the Kelly Smith interview, the WNFC 2021 Offensive Player of the Year. Here are some key matchups to look for for next weekend. Nebraska at number three, Oklahoma. Oklahoma is looking for the playoffs, but Nebraska is looking to try to become the Nebraska of old. If Nebraska wants to do that, this is the game they have to win. Purdue at number 12, Notre Dame. I think this is the game Notre Dame finally loses. They seem to be playing a dangerous game with flirting with their first loss, and Purdue is a decent team. Number one, Alabama at number 11, Florida. Right now in the entire country, it's Alabama and everyone else. Can Florida make a dent in that armor in the swamp? Number 22, Auburn at number 10, Penn State. This is an opportunity for a statement win for Penn State. If they want to be in that playoff conversation, then they need this game. Sean Clifford is playing well so far this year. Fresno State at number 13, UCLA. Fresno State is a good team, and I think they're going to give UCLA fits. They can throw the ball, and if they need to, they can play in a shootout against the Bruins. And I think I agree with her. I think there's going to be certain uh, aspects of this where certain uh, teams are going to have to step up this next week, week three. Um, I mean, the top 11 through 15, if we had to walk it through, even my Bruins, so surprising. My Bruins are actually being talked about, which is kind of cool in in itself uh, to have UCLA even in the mix of conversations in the top 20, uh, given the previous seasons at this point. But the Buckeyes defense had no answer for Oregon uh, at this point, and it couldn't slow down the rushing attack, period. So they got something to work on here. They got to really refocus here, especially with that. And then you got Notre Dame, as you mentioned earlier before, uh, the same thing. They sneak by Toledo in their second close game of the season. So, uh, you know, even though they're 2-0 on paper, doesn't seem very uh, promising for them, but they should rebound, hopefully. The Bruins off this week following last week's uh, really good win against LSU. They'll head into Fresno State as one of the most uh, interesting teams in the country at this point. You got Ole Miss, the Rebels at 2-0, and and haven't broken up much of a sweat for the second straight week. They cruised to an easy win, and this time with Coach Lane Kiffin at the, on the sidelines because of COVID. So he had front row seat Saturday for a 54-17 win over Austin P. Uh, Matt Curl had four touchdown passes in the first half, and Ole Miss basically looks really good at this point at number 14. Coastal Carolina, we haven't talked about them yet. Chanticleers all overwhelmed Kansas through the air, on the ground, and on special teams. Um, so they, they look really, really good. Um, we'll see how they do here in the ne- this next week. Ohio, uh, I mean, Iowa State, we just talked about that. Hopefully they can rebound off this uh, this loss. Virginia Tech as well. Uh, then we got Wisconsin in the top, and then Arkansas, and then North Carolina Tar Heels as well. So um, let's go into the Monkey Knife Eye Huddle, and we're going to be talking to WNFC 2021 Offensive Player of the Year. That's going to be Alabama Fires Kelly 
Matt, I'll come in here in a minute. Play is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. And don't forget, MagotoMonkeyNightFive.com. Use the code NJF all season long for the NFL. College football is there as well, plus MLB, still the remaining season there. Check it out. $5 free play up to $100 match. Use the code NJF. Get started today, MonkeyNightFive.com. All right, let's bring in the Kelly Smith, Alabama Fire, 2021 Offensive Player of the Year. Hi, Kelly. Hello, hello. How you doing? How you doing, Kelly? Doing all right. How about you? I'm I'm doing good. Just hanging out, uh, dissecting college football right now, and then getting into the NFL here in in about an hour. So uh, football, football, football. Yeah, yeah. It's football season. No, that's what we love in the South. It's our time to shine, right? (laughs) So we got. um, You got. You got a a favorite college team? Ooh, I don't, but if I had to pick one, I'd have to go with the UAB Blazers, you know, since I went there, oh, right? Okay. that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know they, much they about UAB, they're but... They're doing pretty well. They're, they're one okay. and one right now, so... Yeah, they're okay. one and one, so, you know, not too bad. Not too bad, yeah. I mean, they're, at, at least they're not like Ohio State, where they fall down to the Ducks, you know? So that's pretty good. Oh, no. Yeah, right. Nah, they're doing good. I think I think they're gonna have a good season. From the, the I, I watched the first game. I didn't see that game against Georgia, but I seen that first game against uh, who did they play? I can't remember, but whoever they played, they beat them thirty to zero. So they well, I can good. tell you, Oregon Oregon's proving that they obviously they're they're back and they're gonna be pretty formidable right now, especially in the Pac-10. Just talking about the Pac-12. Uh-huh. I mean, the, the Pac-12 is basically being relevant in the national stage. Uh-huh. That's kind of like cool, uh-huh. uh, especially my UCLA Bruins uh, being out of the limelight uh-huh. for so long. So that's pretty yeah, cool, I guess. Yeah, they've not been relevant yeah. for a long time, so that's always good. All right, Kelly, uh, who's your NFL team? Is it from the South? Uh, so, once again, I'm not really a team person. I don't really I like uh I like players. I like players. So like I I'm like the player type. Like I have a like a okay, well, player that player? I like. I hope it's but not Rogers. really a team. Aaron Rodgers cuz he obviously didn't have a great game. No, my that that's your player, Aaron Rodgers. Mine no, is no, no, no. uh Von Miller. Mine is Von Miller. So I'm excited to see oh, him Von back Miller. So you're more of a Denver goes. fan right now. I mean, I want to say Denver fan cuz I just like defense. Okay, well, so like anybody, I'm like, if you, so if you like Von Miller, then obviously it's going to be a Denver fan. That's okay. They won, so they're winning. They've got their I mean, first yeah, win they, of the season for a long time. Now, because because I like Von Miller, right? So when they play, of course I'm a cheer for him. But um, when um, like last night I watched the uh, Monday Night Football and mm-hmm. uh, the Ravens and Raiders, and the Ravens had what's his player? What's his name? Uh, Patrick Queen. I was like, oh yeah. So I had to add him to my favorites list now because he was balling out. He was balling out on defense. Yeah, it was a pretty impressive game for both teams. Uh, I think the Raiders really yeah. needed that win. New stadium, yeah. first week out, right? Big stage. Yeah. Can get can they get it done? I think there was a lot of pressure there. Not so much, I don't think, on Lamar Jackson's part, but 
for for Las Vegas to, yeah. to yeah, really get the first, first win. Was that their first game in that stadium? Yeah, first official game in that stadium. So I think that's what I'm saying. It was kind of like a lot of pressure there. Yeah, it was a lot. But, yeah, they, they yeah. pulled it out, man. They pulled it out. Well, I'm uh, Kelly, I wanted to bring you on because you got your uh, your deserving honor, uh, 2021 Offensive mm-hmm. Player of the Year recognized by the WNFC. So, you know, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. What does this yeah, award was, mean to you? It, 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 because what did it, it says that you're, you're the best offensive player out of the whole year. That's pretty awesome. And you were a playmaker all year. Yeah. So what it means to me, uh, let me see. It just it just made me feel good that like the the league and other coaches and um and just my 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 competition or whatever. You just just to be recognized by them, you know, that the numbers I put up and and, and stuff like that, and like the plays that were made and stuff. Now, mind you, you know, it took a whole you know team effort for some of that stuff to happen, but uh. But, yeah, it just felt good to be recognized by the whole league and, you know, everybody that's on staff, like all the way from, like, the chairperson all the way down to, you know, to us players, just to be recognized in such a way. I, I really think it's great that we're getting a visibility stance because we've never had that in women's tackle football. You know, even oh, in the past, definitely. we've had, you know, we've had stats and all this stuff, but most people don't upload the stats correctly and there's just no way to gauge. But when you have video mm-hmm. and you can go back right. from week one to week right. eight, it's literally proof, right. you know, who is the best player on the field. There's no debate of, you know, scrimmage tags or, 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 or stats or anything like that. So I really think, you know, we have to applaud the WNFC, Vire, and uh, Score58 for making sure that every week was captured. And it really says a lot to spotlight the individual athletes like yourself and other outstanding athletes that were recognized, uh, you know, through the All-Star All-Pro game and also – that got awards. Mhm. Yeah, I definitely agree because uh, you know, there was a time before where we didn't really have, you know, kind of guaranteed uh video footage or like you said, people you you come back with these crazy numbers and people won't believe you like case in point, Alabama Fire's first year playing in the league, you know, we would beat teams, you know, 60 to 0 or something like that. It's one game we was like 99, 98 to zero. Now, if you tell somebody that, they're not going to believe that in a football game. Like, ain't no way we put up those numbers. But, you know, we didn't have film for it. So, you know, they just have to take our word for it, right? But now, like you yeah. said, WNFC has the um, has the live streams of the games where you can go back and watch or, you know, watch it uh, in real time, right? So that helps, you know, saying that helps a lot of cases. And it holds people accountable, you know what I'm saying? as far as stats and stuff go, because you can be like, nah, I watched that game, you didn't do that. Or, you know, we're like, yeah, man, whew, definitely you balled out that game or so, you know. So, yeah, I like I like the visibility well, too. Kelly, I mean, nobody's going to give you uh, – nobody's going to take us seriously. It's what I've been saying for a long time. Nobody's going to take us seriously, right, because there's nothing mm-hmm. to take us seriously with. Now we have no different than college football, right, no different than the NFL. The NFL and college football mm-hmm. drive on what? Video excitement, right? Uh, game game right. day clips, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So if we don't have that, nobody's going to take us seriously. And now that we have that, right. I think people understand. Right. To your set, it's more legit, right? That that did happen. Yeah, that did exactly. happen in a match exactly. or a game 
And that was, that was what happened. Um, so it's kind of like game film that everybody can go back to and review and assess and then figure out, okay, there we are. This is, uh, this is the most deserving or talented player, you know, in the league at this point. Um, so it really works out exactly. good. So we have to applaud the, and you know, the leadership of the WNFC for fucking a buyer. Yeah, yeah and you can reach more people with it, too. So, you know, it's nothing to send a link to. You could send a link halfway around the world, right? Because technology sure. doesn't bother this far. Instead of having to rely on people coming to the game, you know, if they're not able to make it, they can watch it there. So, you know, we're still getting the numbers, still getting the views, right? So, yeah, I agree. Uh, Kelly, uh, the the season you guys had was really impressive, beginning a good start, and then towards the end there against mm-hmm. Mississippi, but – Talk about the beginning before the season started. What, what was the mindset for the team at this point coming into this season? Well, the mindset where well, we knew we had a lot of uh, new additions to the team, not necessarily new to the game, although some was new to the game, but we all, we had a lot of new pieces. Um, so our job was just to, you know, work them in and find spots for them and then just move forward from there. But um, like I said earlier, when we were um, – on a podcast well, a couple months ago, uh, what the, the like how we just came together so fast, you know, clicked together so fast, trusted each other to do their job, you know what I'm saying, in their positions. That was I think that's what kept us on that uh uh on that forward path, you know what I'm saying, playing as strong as we did and as dominant as we did. So yeah. I think that was the mindset, you know, going into the beginning of the season. And also I mean, well, we knew, or at least our coach, he likes to run, so we knew the run game was going to be important, but we also had a, a good uh, passing game as well. So that was just a uh, mindset going into it. Actually, really, just to summarize it all up, we just were going in to, like, play our game, just to play our style of play and just see what happens. It just so happens, you know, our style of play was very dominant compared to other teams. Kelly, uh, the fire, you guys get off right off the, right off the, the, you know, 2021, open it up and just to your point, your fire just came out 38 to six against Mississippi. Uh, and it was mm-hmm. just a very impressive win that first game. You guys were dialed in, mm-hmm. you know, putting up points. Mm-hmm. Uh, week, week one was just a, a kind of a, a kind of shows us, the media and the fans that mm-hmm. uh, you were going to be pretty much here at the end because it just showed you guys were like playing really good ball. Even in week one, it was really high powered. Yeah, that game, that game was very interesting because literally like the first play Mississippi scored, but I think what had to happen, like I said, we had a lot of new people and, um, and then some people new to the game. And so, you know, that first drive, they were kind of, you know, I guess, I don't know what they were thinking or what their mindset was, but you know, that happened. But then it's just like right after that, a switch went off. And like you said, our fire just just ignited, and we actually became the Alabama fire. So, like, after that, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a good season. Now, you guys get you guys get a couple weeks off to kind of, you know, excite, you know, get excitement out of that week week one. You guys get – mm-hmm. and then we guys go into it, the next game, and that was against, I believe, the Phantoms in week four. Uh, everybody mm-hmm. expected Philly – to really, you know, come in with a great uh, the the ground game, but you guys defensively pretty pretty much put a stop to that, and you guys equal almost mm-hmm. the, the amount of points that you guys scored in the first game. So offensively, you didn't lose a mm-hmm. beat. 
defensively, mm-hmm. uh, it looked like you guys really played a really good defensive game, holding down uh, what we anticipated Philly was going to be a little bit more high scoring. But you guys, put, yeah. you know, put uh, that to to an end. So that thirty-four to twelve victory was really impressive, uh, and that's where I I was thinking to myself, okay, they they're putting up forty points a game. That's pretty impressive mm-hmm. to do uh, in, in the in the WNFC, considering you got you know Texas mm-hmm. Elite, you got all these other teams that put up a lot of points. So that if you can put up that mm-hmm. many points, you're going to be pretty relevant in the playoffs. So uh, Philly, what did you guys think of Philly when you first saw them? Like, just when we first put eyes on them? Yeah, when you first met them. I don't know if it was the white uniforms, but they look they look healthy. That's that's for sure. <laughs> um, at least because, you know, like on our on our team, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like we, we got a very diverse team for Philly. I don't know. They were – they looked healthy. But, like I said, we just, we just going to play our game and, and kind of just see what happens and then adjust from there. I think that's something – that we were able to do all season, you know, just adjust based on how the other team was playing. So, like, if we, we go in initially with our game plan, if it works, we keep it there. Uh, if it didn't, we make adjustments when we needed to. And, you know, just saying, just uh, keep that fire going. Now, we get we get to a stretch where you're not tested, and everybody was kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, they, they, they put up all these points, right? And you get that mid-stretch, mm-hmm. I think, between week six and week seven. You guys uh, went up against, I, I believe, Florida. Uh, yeah, Florida. Went up against Florida. And then you guys uh, went up against time. Atlanta. Right. And yeah. uh, against Florida, wow. I mean, you talk about uh, being dominant for four quarters. That's uh, 62 to 20. And like I, like I said before, mm-hmm. your defense really was keeping everybody under 20 points a game. Which is very impressive. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, I, I, they pretty much did that all season, though. Yeah, our defense was 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 very strong for us. Um, they showed it. They showed up when we needed them to. You know. Oh no, can't see. <laughs> but uh, yeah, our defense was pretty strong all season. I mean, I know we Alabama Fire had like ten players to make the All Pro team, and and I want to say at least half of them were defensive players. So, yeah, our defense did did a good job all season. That was uh, my favorite part to watch, honestly, especially when they um, got pressure on the quarterbacks. No, it, it made, it made the, uh, the whole the whole the whole thing through the season was you guys were high powered but also stout, which is very very yeah. hard to do to balance both sides. Because normally a exactly. team is either very good offensively and they're just very lousy um, off on defense. But you uh-huh. guys, even with the losses on defense, even the key losses on defense early on, that really was uh-huh. surprising for all of us because we're like, okay, they lost some key veteran pieces, right? And so right. Uh, even KP went down, you know, with the injury. And we were thinking, okay, the leadership's uh-huh. gonna not going to be there, right? And they're probably going to miss some uh-huh. key pieces. But here we are, like ne- next woman up, right? The defense stepped right, it up, right. held their own. Right, right. I think that was that was another positive about the team um, this past year. You know, people were ready to uh, step up when when their name was called. You know, so we kind of like got each other prepared. You know, doing practice and stuff, just holding each other accountable and making sure everybody's ready to play when their number's called in that position. 
All right, so we got all this this awesome season going, and then week eight, you guys meet Mississippi. And Mississippi obviously didn't forget about week one. That was a really right, tough game. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh man, I think that was just a, a um, self self destruction game. You know, we just we didn't stick to our game plan during that game. Yeah, they they came in really good. Um, offensively, they were playing really great. Um, it, it wasn't like lopsided or anything, but it was just they they got an edge early and they kept it and obviously contained. And so there was it. So what was the reaction of week eight? You guys lose to Mississippi right there, week eight, last game of the season. Well, you know, at that point, we were trying to uh, set. I mean, we were just trying to go for the undefeated season. I mean, that's something we've never done, but. Uh, like you said, Mississippi, they, they uh, started clicking at the end of the season. So they were riding that that wave coming into it. But our reaction, we just was like, oh, we needed that, you know, to go back to the drawing board and um, just figure out what we need to fix and just, like, fine-tune the stuff that was working. Now, um, what did you think of the uh, – Kelly, what did you think of the weekend, the WNFT weekend at the Nine Cup? All the excitement. It was more like a convention in a lot of ways. That's what a lot of players yeah, told me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of fanfare convention, was, things that you would find probably in the NFL, you know, for the Super Bowl weekend type deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, now that you, since you mentioned it, yeah, it definitely was like a convention. Um, it was like that. Uh, I, I mean, I liked it. I, they showed their appreciation for the players and stuff, um, and the players that were selected. Um, but yeah. I think overall it was a nice weekend. I just I feel like based off the season we just had, if they if they got the power, well I'm not gonna say power. That's not a good word. Uh, I feel like the the push that they have, or you know what I'm saying, the people that they're talking to, based off the season we had, I feel like next year's uh, nine cup weekend should definitely be bigger because the competition obviously is gonna get better. Cause like I said, as a whole. The season was amazing, you know, all the great competition that we had going on, right? So I just feel like it, it, it can only go up. It can only go up from where it was this past year. Yeah, I really think it's going to be really exciting uh, to have um, the the league kind of grow in itself. Um, I'm I'm hoping that, you know, the leadership will keep it to like an 18-20 league and not get blown up to a massive – uh, you know, state of, of franchises because I really think we need to create yeah. a nucleus just like the WNBA did. You know, we got to stay with an 18 yeah. 20 team, you know, real legit because then it's going to create every, uh, it's going to make everybody better. Every franchise every year yeah. starts to get better because now, now we, we need to start building competitive and every match has to be competitive in order for us to get exactly. noticed, exactly. in order for us to get sponsorship. And we have to be competitive. And I really think this season kind of proved that. Uh, in the Atlantic, exactly. also, it was a lot more high-powered, where on the West Coast, it was a little bit more gritty, you know, lower lower scoring, uh-huh. but a lot more more excitement in that sense. So, we got, I think we got a taste of, what do you think, we got a taste of both worlds, right? This, this WNFC 2021, where one side was very explosive on the other, and then the other side of the Pacific was really tough-nosed, you know, hard-nosed uh, running game. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, I agree. It was, a, it was a lot of good good defense and, and high powered offense, you know, easily distributed before, uh, between the two. But yeah, I agree. Got a good taste of both. And so with with the now, league moving uh, forward, I just think it's only going to get better. 
Now, Kelly, uh, the opportunity for everybody to see you, your family, friends, which we've never had before, uh, how was that received by, like, your family and friends? When you say, hey, watch me, watch me here, this is my game, eight weeks, you're going to get to see me live every every weekend. So, last season was my first season back, but, like, my, like, second, maybe third season overall playing. And so, like, I've, I've been – I've played before. But now since they were able to, you know, click the link and watch live, they were like, oh, man, I didn't know you were playing. I didn't know you did this. Or, like, some they, they play this. Like, I knew you said you played football, but I didn't know you played like that. Like, you you running the ball like that, you know. So they were able to, you know, finally see what I say instead of me just saying, yeah, I play football and leave it at that. Yeah, and I think so that a lot of people are – a lot of uh, players tell me that this is the first time that even their family members saw them in in this kind of light. Even when you you know exactly. you got the video or but they saw you live, uh, literally in, right. a, in a whole game from start to finish, which was really unique to see. And then the you mm-hmm. know the audio commentary, the the video was high 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 quality video, which normally you'd see a shoddy YouTube video or a Vimeo you know that kind of deal or a, a huddle. But this was really well done, so I, I think that it's gonna it's gonna be a game changer in reality. And I think Virus Sports did a great job for the WNFC in that sense. Yeah, yeah, they did a good job with it. I think we need to upgrade uh, Kelly. What do you think? We need to upgrade announcers. That's our next move. We need to get some people in the booth that uh, can relate to uh, the history, the player, the stat, the you know that kind of stuff because. Uh, applaud the announcers, you know, that are there now, but a, a lot of them uh, are not, you know, historians of our, of our, you know, our history. So I really think we need to upgrade yeah. and get some people either, in there, at least that, one person in there to kind of like balance that out so that people understand mm-hmm. what we're about and what the history was about. And because that's what we're missing now. And, and then for an audience, for a broadcast audience, you know that that's obviously, you know, a little bit of cookies, throw it out there. So people know exactly what we're all about. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, either that, or just do more of a like a background on the players, you know, for like the players yeah. that they talk about a lot. So, you know, like how they do like in the NFL. You know, like they, mm-hmm. the announcers just start talking about the player. They're like, oh yeah, you know, they from such and such and do such and such. Because I mean, like people just like that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. But yeah, so, I, I mean, I agree. we have a lot of the broadcasters. It's just a matter of, you know, uh, what market and who can step up and, you know, maybe it's an internship type mentality or don't, you know, that kind of deal. But I think we've done really good baby steps, of course, right? Baby steps. We get to that one stage, go to the next stage. But uh, to be at this stage, I think everybody's really happy within the last two years of what the league has done. And I really think it's up, up from here because a, a lot of the, uh, you know, the WNFC franchises obviously understand now that, you know, they got to put a quality product out there, number one. Uh, the athletes understand right. they got to put a good show on there for, for us to be visible. And then, you know, for us to get paid, everybody to get paid, uh, it's going to take a, that kind of quality, you know, on video and also on, on the field quality for people to, to mm-hmm. invest and to put the sponsorship money back into and, and, and grow the league. So uh, really exciting. Um, there was a the flag the flag uh, tournament. I think that was really cool. From everybody was telling me mm-hmm. uh, at the nine cup, uh, that's the next generation, right? Uh, it's, and flag is huge nationwide right now. 
So uh, I think oh, yeah, that's going to be the next step. They're adding it as a high school sport now. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. It's going to be huge. I think it's uh, once once we get to that stage of the feeder the feeder system, even if you bring them through the flag realm, uh, it's going to just make it so much easier when they get to tackle in some senses. Right. I agree. All right. Um, so what do we expect from you next season? Are, are you doing off season right now? Is that, uh, you're, you know, obviously there's no off season if you're an athlete, but are you doing off season here? <laughs> are you focusing for the next season? Or I know everybody's uh, working towards tryouts for, I think, October 2nd, the league announced. Yeah. Yeah, so tryouts the, on October 2nd. So across the league, the tryout day is October 2nd. So, you know, some people um, getting ready for that, you know, just like whoever that we were recruiting or whatever to come in on October 2nd. But overall, from the team, everybody's just working, working on building on from last season, you know what I'm saying, working on things that they felt they can get stronger at, you know. Uh, As for me, you know, I'm just, uh, (laughs) of course, working, you know, like you said, athletes know all season. So, just putting in work and then just keep playing how I've been playing, you know what I'm saying, until somebody can stop it, then I'll consider changing it. <laughs> but, yeah, All right, just so, getting, looking forward uh, to the next Kelly, season. What's the number on the jersey? Is there any uh, nostalgia behind it, any uh, history behind that number on that jersey? Uh, you talking about number seven? Well, yeah, number seven. Is that for touchdowns or is that just <laughs> – for self. No, no, but you know what? It would be nice. You know what? You gave me that idea. Number seven. That just means that's how many touchdowns I got to get a game. I like that idea. But no, there's really no nostalgia behind the uh, behind the, the jersey. Although, I mean, it's cool because, you know, I remember Mike Vick. Um, what is that, a record? <laughs> but, yeah, I remember uh, – Mike Vick, and um, but honestly, I wanted number uh, fourteen. That was my number throughout school. But uh, yeah, okay. I think that's your average touchdown, right? Yeah, that's your average touchdown a game. It's fourteen, so I guess you could have upgraded to fourteen if you want. Yeah, uh, I wanted fourteen, but you know, talking to the coaching staff or not, they're just like, you will look better as a running back. You will look better as a running back with uh, number seven. So that's what uh, number I went with. Which I mean, like I said, I wasn't. It was half of fourteen, so I was like, okay, cool, fourteen still in there somewhere. But no, there's no reason, like specific reason, by number seven. But I'm going attached to it now, so I like it. You know, I, I feel some kind of way if I have to wear a different kind of number. Yeah, I don't think you need to change it. Uh, I think it's working for you. So put magic on the yeah. in terms of the fire. So I think it's. It's the gonna only, be customary for, only, for firefighters to know. The only downside is now everybody knows to look for number seven. <laughs> That's the only downside. <laughs> okay, so you don't want the spotlight? Is that what you're telling us? Because if you, if you're oh, good, no, you're I'm gonna get a spotlight. Oh, I'm I'm cool with the spotlight. I'm talking about the defense. The defense. You know, I I you don't know how many times I heard watch seven, watch seven. <laughs> That just means you got juice, right? You got some uh, pretty good hey, juice. I like that. I like that. And you're I a like threat. That, yeah. And you're a threat. And that's, that's usually how it works. When, 
When you're never, uh, as my my old coach would say, if your number ain't hollered, you're on the bench. You understand, Lopez? Uh oh. Because he used to tell me. Okay. Well, listen, listen. We go. We might have to get some T-shirts or something to say, "Watch Fabian, Watch Fabian." <laughs> there you go. Why not? You put it out in the stands. They'll, they'll, they'll reel it. Um, but you know, it's it's got to be fun. Um, hopefully, we're gonna get butts and seats. That's our next game. Yeah. If we can get some butts and baby steps, right? Uh, hopefully, with right. virus sports, you know, with the vi- with the video, the full seasons, all that, people are just gonna start to notice want to come to a game, that kind of deal. So we got to start at that level. But hopefully we'll eventually get, you know, butts in the seats, and then you're really going to be surprised <laughs> about name-calling and shouting out from the other side. So I guess you're going to have to get used to that too, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I get used to it. I'm, I'm excited to see how that goes. So, you know, I welcome it, welcome it. Hey, more, more fans, I mean, more fans in the stands, that's a positive, right? Yeah, it should be a positive. Um, I mean, it's – it's something that we need to go to because if we want to be taken seriously, like the, you know, like the, the WNBA as an example, we, we really have to, you know, put a good product out there and all the athletes have to be committed to making sure that they play their best ball every weekend, you know, and they showcase the best of their best. Um, recruitment, the last time, Kelly, the last time we talked about recruitment in the state, uh, what do you think it's going to be the turnout? You guys own the state. Literally the whole state is yours for roster and recruitment. Yeah. So I think that's a promising thing like we talked about before. So hopefully, you know, your success in terms of your team success hopefully will lead to other players to be inclined to try out. Exactly, exactly. So just to piggyback off what we were talking about earlier with the uh, video, so now they can actually see it instead of, you know, us coming up and just asking them, like, hey, you want to play football? You know, we can do that same thing now. But now as we're, like, trying to recruit, we can show them video, like actual footage, you know. So I think uh, uh, recruiting is promising. Um, I think, you know what I'm saying, we might get some people that have been kind of iffy. But like you said, now that they, they see the success we had, because um, I, I can remember during the season there was a lot of talk. They were like, oh, man. Shoot, I'm gonna come join y'all. Oh, this what y'all doing? Y'all sitting like that? Oh man, I'm gonna come. I, I want to play now, you know. So it's it's promising. Look forward to it. What excites you the most about the the trend? This is gonna be a trend now. So what excites you the most? The fact that we're gonna show other uh, girls and women that this is achievable now. Is that one of the things, or what? What, what excites you the most about going forward in the, oh, for the well, future? Oh, yeah, that's that's always exciting. You know what I'm saying? That's always exciting. Like giving somebody something that you know what I'm saying. You never know until you see it, right? So just being a picture for that in the future. Um, but also, um, just adding being another opportunity for females in sports, for women in sports. Just give them something to do. You know. That's exciting going forward. Now, Kelly, you do both. You do rugby, right? And you do football. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. That is correct. So how do you balance the, the amount of wear and tear from both sides? That's, it's got to be intensive for your body and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question, you know. Um, I have. Unless, you, unless you're crazy, have, as people say to me all the time, I'm just a crazy person. Okay, that might be part of it. That might be part of it. But also, um <laughs> but also 
I, I do self-imposed uh, breaks, you know. Like I give myself a couple weeks, you know, to just chill okay. and not do nothing before I, you know, just go all in into the next thing. Because actually right now, where well, the league just moved their season, but right now it would be rugby season for me, but they switched their season to the spring. So so I get a little longer break, and I can just uh play with, like, travel teams or whatnot now. Yeah, yeah. So the passion for you for American football, is that they, did it come from rugby or was it vice versa? Did you go from American football to rugby as an example? Well, um, honestly, it's just me just wanting to play sports. I just like playing sports at a high level with good competition. Um, so American football, I just grew up watching American football with the rugby. I had no idea what it was before I started playing. So I can tell you where it comes from. But now that I'm in it, you know what I'm saying, I enjoy it. But for the football, I like it just because I played a little bit of it um, in grade school, played flag football, you know, with the guys. That was me out there playing with the guys. Um, but, yeah, I just, I, just like, I just like competition. And this was another, um, another way for me to get competition. So, so and like rugby is huge overseas, you know, with sevens almost in every continent. And people don't realize that because yeah. in America we don't follow it as closely. But on the international stage, I mean, rugby is like big time, you know, big time, almost, oh, like, yeah. almost as, as, as time. well known as soccer. Rugby's big in, yeah, rugby's big in every country but here. Like, I actually got to play in, in several other countries. So, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, they take it seriously. Uh, sevens, uh, I, I know I've watched a lot of games on Fox, Fox Sports. And they're big over in Europe and uh, Australia and all those places. Yeah, so they're in London. In London right now, the women's league, they, they're playing in their women's 15s league right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's big everywhere. Like I said, my experience overseas, like I got to play in the, uh, the Spanish league a couple of years ago. And that was that was a cool experience, you know, just being over there playing with a team and just seeing how other countries operate and, you know what I'm saying, how they're one of their big sports, you know what I'm saying, being taken, taken serious. You know, like how over here is, it's either basketball or football. Over there it's like it's either uh, soccer or, or rugby. So that was that was interesting to be a part of that. Kelly, and are, how we, are we going to see you in pro rugby? If you if you this football thing doesn't work out in America, would you jump in the pro rugby? Uh, yeah, we could try it out. I mean, it ain't it doesn't even have to be if the uh, football doesn't work out. We could we could try and do both. You know, see how okay. it goes. Why not? All right, so you you, you got a lot of energy, young lady, because uh, a lot of people would say I got to get one <laughs> or the other, but. Apparently, you got a Superman case no, going on. No, no, no. There's no reason you have to choose, man. If you can do both, do both. All right. Well, I, I, I wouldn't do that because I'm all, all over 50 and probably going to break a bone somewhere. <laughs> but uh, you well, still if got you time. Can, if, you can, if you can and you want to, do both. How about that? That's true. Yeah. I mean, there's still sky's the limit, right? It's just everybody's, everybody's passion. Everybody's passion. Everybody's got a passion for something. Um, right. Alabama Fire uh, going to be recruiting October 2nd, part of the WNFT nationwide uh, recruitment efforts. And um, are you going to mm-hmm. be there kind of guiding, coaching? Are you, or what's going to be your role there? 
Uh, you know, just kind of leadership role, you know, and just just talk to the players and kind of welcome them in the new the new players and recruits. All right, so so it's going to be a nice uh, event. Um, go to Alabama Fire Women's Football on Facebook, Alabama Fire on IG. Mm-hmm. You get all the details, or you go to yeah. exclusively to the WNFC uh, Football dot com and get the details right there cool. as well for the public uh, second. Um, so Kelly, I don't know. I, I I think I asked you everything that I could think of, unless I didn't ask you something that I overlooked. Okay. Sounds good to me. If you have any more questions, you know, you know how to contact me, you know. Yeah, you, no you, problem. You uh, so 2022, <laughs> number seven is going to be on fire, as she just said, stated here. And you got to watch out exactly. for her. And her name is obviously going to be uh, mentioned on the opposite end of the field because she is that talented, <laughs> that of a watch threat. number seven. So you got to watch out for Smith in the red zone mm-hmm. of any places. The red zone is always a happy state for her. So uh, congratulations yep. again, Kelly. Thank you for making the time for me today. Um, 2021 WNFC Offensive Player of the Year, Kelly Smith of the Alabama Fire. So thank you for coming in. I uh, look forward to chatting with you in maybe January and February as we start to get closer to the 2022 season and see what the roster is going to look like for you guys as uh, the 2022 season approaches in the WNFC. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. You're welcome. Um, I look forward to another chat with you. Very entertaining conversation. Hopefully I had a good time. And I uh, look forward to Alabama Fire tryouts and the 2022 Alabama Fire season in the WFC. All right. Have a good night. All right, you too. All right, guys. Uh, Kelly Smith, uh, this WNFC 2021 Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, what a great season for her, great season for the Alabama Fire uh, obviously, the expectation is for them to go to the nine cup. Um, they really want to put a, a staple on there. Uh, they have to get past, obviously, Texas Elite Spartans, which everybody's eyeing the Texas Elite Spartans um, in terms of getting to the championship. So it's going to be a tough battle for them in the uh, Atlantic Conference. But uh, they are one team that started off really good, came in really awesome, and had a really good success all through the season. Uh, just could not, you know, get themselves beyond the playoff first round. So uh, hopefully Alabama will uh, rebound at this point and put themselves on the map in terms of the Atlantic to challenge the Texas Elite Spartans. And uh, Kelly Smith, one of the uh, staple players that this franchise is, you know, the key franchises always have certain personalities and certain athletes. And uh, the Alabama Fire, here we are, she's one of these standout athletes that, you know, fans in Alabama can look to and she's really explosive and uh, done a great job. So as recognized by the WNFC 2021 Offensive Player of the Year. So awesome job, uh, Kelly Smith of the Alabama Fire. All right, guys, if you guys haven't gone to monkeyknifefight.com, I don't know what you guys are doing, but NFL all season long, awesome props right there, monkeyknifefight.com. Use the code NJF. You can get a $5 free play up to $100 match. So if you put in uh, $5, you're going to get – you can make up to $15, put in 30 you can make up to 90 If you're inclined to put in $300, obviously you can make almost $900. So if you're really good at the NFL props, who's going to score more, who's going to score less, more or less is my favorite uh, platform on Monkey Knife Fight. So it's really easy to do. If you match up both, you're going to make big money right there. So depending on the amount of money you put in. So check it out, 
free play at Monkey and I Fight, up to a $100 match. Go to monkeyandifight.com. Use the code NJF. So we're going to go into the promo here, and then we got Mark Simone coming in here talking about it. is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All right, uh, Mark Simone in the house, the backseat coach. How you doing, Mark? Very good, Oscar. Um Excited to uh, be talking about another week of women's football. How are you? I'm doing great. I uh, just got through Kelly Smith. Oh, what a talented athlete! Uh, she's awesome, and uh, I think she's going to be a star in this in this uh, WNFC for seasons to come. And uh, Alabama's happy to have her, especially in the red zone. Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, catch the replay. I was a bit busy before I uh, hopped onto the call here. But um, I, I know that she's um, a um, an exciting player, and looking forward uh, to what she can do in the years to come. Yeah, multi-talented athlete, uh, rugby and American football can't get any better than that. So I was, I was telling her the wear and tear on your body. I don't know how she keeps up with it. So, uh, but obviously she knows how to do that because rugby and American football are pretty tough sport. Yeah, no doubt. Um, uh, both very physical sports, um, demanding, takes a lot of uh, endurance and strength. So, um, you know, uh, it, it, take, it takes a certain type of mentality also to, um, um, to, to pursue those uh, games. So, you know that she's tough. All right, uh, Mark, uh, let's start off a, a sad note here. Uh, based on the floodings, uh, Colette V. Smith, uh, the first coach uh, in the NFL with the New York Jets, a uh, female coach. Uh, she obviously needs some help. You go to the hub right there, and you guys get the links right there for the cash app and PayPal and everything else. So if you guys can donate to that. So unfortunately, her, her actual par- I think it was her ap- apartment complex got flooded, and her vehicle got flooded. And so there's a, she's got a, obviously a need. Um, she's got a parent, I guess, that's got dementia. And so there's some, she needs some help to recover some of that loss from the flooding as well as the uh, car. So uh, if you guys are inclined, go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Uh, right there, uh, there was the post that we've made out there. Uh, we also shared her cash app, GoFundMe, and I believe it's the PayPal link. So uh, so kind of not a cool thing, but Mother Nature is so brutal sometimes and depending on the, where you live. Yeah, I mean, it's – you know, it, it's kind of all up to chance, you know. I mean, you never know really when Mother Nature is going to, uh, um, you know, just open the skies up on you if, if the ground is going to quake underneath your feet, as you know, living in California. Um, mm-hmm. You just don't know. So, I, you know, definitely my um, heart goes out uh, to her and, and you know, um, as long as, you know, she's healthy and safe, I mean, that's the most important thing. That's the first thing. Um, but hopefully she can get some help so that she can um, just rehabilitate uh, her life and get, you know, get things back to, um, you know, where she can, you know, just kind of have a normal day in, day out, not have to worry about these sort of once-in-a-lifetime uh, things that, that happen to you um, that you need to fix and take care of. There's so many other people. 
you know, in the nation who are facing those sorts of things. So it's it's no surprise that, you know, we hear about people in the women's football community who have been negatively impacted by um, events, you know, such as this. The other news that we had, uh, so from sad news to good news, the other news is uh, Maya Shaka was the first black uh, woman referee in the NFL in 101 years. So, you know, awesome uh, right next to uh, Sarah. So uh, pretty good, pretty good uh, fanfare this week, and she's going to be in weeks to come as well. So uh, awesome job by her. Uh, she's worked really hard at this, and she finally gets to be at the uh, NFL stage. Yeah, I mean, that's that was fantastic news. Um, and, um, you know, I wasn't really uh, expecting to hear anything, but I suppose with the onset of the new uh, NFL season, now, you know, we're going to continue to see and uh, learn about stories about the advancements of of um, some of the women who, who work in the game. So um, congratulations to her, and I hope we continue to, hear more great stories like that um, throughout the season. All right. And the other story that we had also is Amanda Ruler, former uh, LFL superstar, uh, Team Canada silver medalist um, in 2017. And uh, so she got the job over at McMaster's U Sports, which is the equivalent of NCAA, McMaster's Martyrs. Um, She's going to be helping them out with various roles. Um, So she was out there – interviewed by the uh, Rod Peterson show, which we got the link right there. That's about an hour and 23 minutes, and that's when her interview starts. So you guys can check it out at the Hub. But uh, right there, uh, Mark, Amanda Ruler breaking uh, barriers right there in Canada. Uh, it's kind of surprising. She's the first woman, I think second woman, or one of two women in the McMaster's program. Uh, so it's the first in Canada. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's fantastic. I I hadn't heard or seen that story, so you know that it did not go to the hub recently. I have to get to the hub and get that story. Yeah, we got we, the best network on the planet exists at the hub. You know that, Mark. So that's that's where we get it. Uh, so shout out to Amanda. Uh, reached out to her to see if we can get her on, but uh, she's obviously very busy right now. So more than likely, she'll make some time for us in a couple, maybe a couple weeks or a couple months here. But uh, she did say she was going to make some time. So congratulations to Amanda Ruler. I know she's been working her butt off to try to do that. She was also working with, uh, you know, uh, lacrosse pro team in Saskatchewan. Uh, she's just, you know, busting her butt to try to get uh, where she wants to be, and that's uh, a coach, and she wanted to be a coach, and there she is right there with uh, McMasters. So it's really, really awesome. Yeah, that's great. Congratulations to her. All right, Mark, so let's dive into this uh, week. Uh, my sources uh, told me that Linham and Copenhagen have completely uh, did not play, and the last two weeks have been forfeited by Linham based on uh, player injuries. So there is, uh, for the Sweden South, uh, week five and week six officially canceled. Yeah, that's a bummer. Um, you know, uh, two games off the slate, um, and, you know, it – you never want to hear, you know, about a team that, that basically has to pack it in for the rest of the season because of, you know, attrition, injuries, uh, just not being able to field the team. And, you know, you hope, um, you know, a lot of these teams, including um, over in Germany, play, um, um, you know, nine on nine. 
And when you have smaller rosters like that, you, you hope that, um, you know, it's a hedge a bit against um, against uh, forfeits and situations like this where it, a team basically has to um, forfeit the rest of the season. But as we know, um, this is just the sort of thing that happens at, at these levels of the game um, and even at the highest levels of the women's game. So, um, sadly, we're accustomed to this sort of thing, but, um, you know, the, uh, the games go on and I, I'm sure that, um, um, the, uh, season won't be too negatively impacted. This was the t- final two games of the regular season. Um, so now they're just going to look forward to the playoffs and, um, and, and keep, just keep on going. Well, we got Gothenburg, uh, Copenhagen, pretty much already a, a shoe-in from the south. I really think that's going to be the case there. Um, in, in the north, Mark, uh, Stockholm was really with an impressive you know season for them, 3-0 and right now currently. Uh, they're off, and they're going to be uh, rebounding here this next weekend, week six against Vesteras. Vesteras, 2-1, and a very impressive victory, 20-14 to against Norcopen. Uh So we got to, I guess, give Norcopen a little bit of a – of an attaboy because they do make it a competitive matchup this week and uh, a really close matchup against Vesteras. Yeah. I, you know, uh, that was the last game for the North Carolina Panthers. So their schedule played out. Um, unfortunately they're win winless. Um, so they're, they're out of playoff contention. They, they did, um, they did put up a, um, a strong game against Vesteras. And so there to be complimented on that. Now, Vesteras, Mark, uh, coming up here week six, this is the battle in the north that we want to see. Two and one, uh, Vesteras taking on Stockholm. Stockholm really good offensively, like I said before. Uh, if you look at the stats, I think they're 56-0. and 0. They have not allowed a score yet. And so Vesteras is 26-20 and 20 is their record on this. So they have allowed uh, an average of what uh, roughly about a touchdown or so each game. So uh, that's a pretty good matchup there. So we'll see how well the Vesteras defense can sustain the Stockholm mean machines. But uh, this is the marquee game coming up here in week six in the Sweden uh, Division Two North. Yeah, um, this is sort of like the last chance in the regular season now here to uh, to make a statement against uh, the against the Stockholm Green Machines. Um, just based on the base of like you know, the, the points for and against, it, it looks like um, Stockholm is the, is the team that beat. Um, they've been put up the strongest performance point-wise, and they're also undefeated, as you said, at 3-0. and So um, um, this is it before heading into the playoffs um, to, to try and take down the big dog and, um, you know, make a statement uh, heading into the playoffs. All right, the Super Series has been very exciting. Three weeks in, we've gotten the first surprise week one, Orobro upsets um, Karlstad. Then we get Orobro on a roll, and now we get to the situation where Karlstad returns to action, and what a way to just punch Orobro in the gut and in the chin for that week one, 43-7. Wow. And uh, you get to watch it on Roto2+. If you got subscribed there, 
But uh, what an impressive, <laughs> what an impressive Gabby Nobs and company, uh, and Linda Johansson out there. Wow, what a turnaround! And we thought with the uh, with the uh, finished editions that Orbro was going to come out and be more competitive, and not the case. Yeah, um, you know, uh, I mean, keep in mind now that Car- the Carstead Crusaders are the reigning champs. Um, so um, I think it was a little bit of a surprise that they dropped uh, that uh, season opener to Orbro, um, but uh, they certainly made a statement this week uh, avenging, avenging that opening game loss to the Black Knights uh, and crushing them. Uh, 43 to 7. Uh, as you said, despite uh, the Black Knights adding four players from the Ulu Northern Light, their roster, um, you know, the Crusaders, regardless, they, they, just, they just crushed them. So, so now, even though they've split on the regular season, the Crusaders have that advantage of um, having scored more points. Um, um, against the Black Knights, so so that would, you know, put them kind of ahead a in the playoff race. Um, so that's that's a huge huge victory for them. Um, and so now we're asking some questions, I guess, about the Orbro Black Knights. Like, you know, got to ask for sure like, now. What happened? Right? What happened? Well, Mark, you pointed it out on in our uh, uh, session before we before this week. You pointed it out that. The acclimation, right, the, the finished players into the Orbo system, that is going to be a problem. And here we are, that was a problem because they were not that right. bad week one. And all of a sudden, here yeah, they, can only, mean, they can only put up seven points. That's right. I mean, you can take some real good players, and um, but it, it still takes some time to get adjusted to um, the offense or the defense that you're running, knowing their roles, um, understanding um, – you know, really getting used to the other players who they might not know very well. Um, you, you can't just walk in and um, it would be unusual, I'd say, if, uh, you know, they started performing at a very high level right away. Um, and there, I also asked the question last week, like, um, you know, do the Black Knights have some injury um, uh, problems that they, they're trying to address? Um, so, you know, my, my maybe they don't have, my they don't have more depth. There, there are some bodies that are obviously uh, there's a concern with some bodies, and I, I'm assuming that's the reason that they were adding to the roster. Yeah, so that certainly could have played into the outcome of, of that football game. Um, sure. That's what I'm saying. It's and, kind of surprising you know, they'd only put up seven points and get routed like that, considering they were they were they did really well in week one. You would never you would not have think that, but there they are, forty-three to seven. Um, Mark, so week five here coming up. Uh, they they got a chance to rebound, uh, and then John Kopi, uh, the Spartans, opportunity to take down a wounded warrior. That would be the Black Knights right now, based on their performance this this past week. Great opportunity for the Spartans to maybe uh, put another loss on Orbro. Yeah, um, it would look like it would look like the door is open uh, for them to uh, perhaps get an upset here. Um, uh, the Spartans are um, sort of the third, I think, the, the third uh, seed here in in the Super Series, and uh, they're, you know, not projected to win. But, you know, having looked at 
uh, what happened last week to the Black Knights, only putting up seven points. You know, if if the Junkoping Spartans can, um, you know, tight, tighten down on their defense and hold the Black Knights to seven points, then the, they might have a chance to win this one. And uh, for the Spartans, it, 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 it's win time, okay? Their backs are against the wall. Um, so because they play the Black Knights this week and then they play the Crusaders next week, and those are the final two games of the regular season, uh, John Coping is 0-2. So basically they have to win both of these games to have a chance at getting into the championship match. Um, and it's going to start, obviously, this this week with a win over the uh, Black Knights. Opportunity is there for them to get a hold of a team that obviously is in transition, to your point, and they're not gelling so well yet. Um, so if they can get that first win, that would be one and two. I doubt they'll make the playoffs, but it would be a, a great big win victory for them, uh, given that they just came back to the Super Series after being off for a year or two. This would be a great, uh, you know, win for the squad and a confidence builder. Um, for Orville, they can't afford to go two and two because this is going to be an issue as well. And uh, it could put, you know, John Coping at a position where if they can't pull, if they can't pull an upset, to your point, against Carlstadt, that it makes the Super Series very interesting as we go towards the last week of the season. Indeed. I mean, uh, as unlikely as it may be, if John Coping wins out and that would make all the teams in the Super Series at two and two, and it will come down to like point differentials. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it would be very, very, and by interesting, I mean kind of cloudy as to who might end up mm-hmm. on top. Um, so and I, I think the Black Knights definitely want to avoid that situation, you know, because if they get in that situation, you know, they might be the odd, the odd one out. So, um, uh, it's, so the Black Knights, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily call it a must win, but, you know, if they get certainly this, feels that way, know they're in the playoffs. Certainly feels that way for them weeks. They cannot afford to have a week five letdown, uh, especially against John Coping, right? But uh, weirder things have happened, like the week one victory against Carlstadt. So right. anything can happen but on any given Sunday. Uh, so we'll see Absolutely. if the uh, Orville back night falter or not against John Coping Spartan. So John Coping should be uh, up for this game, given the fact that, you know, Orville didn't play so well the week before. So hopefully they can take advantage of that. Um, let's go to the Czech Republic, uh, Mark. And uh, Bru- uh, Berno Amazon's kind of angry from the last loss. So I'm assuming they took it out on the Warsaw Sirens. 59-20 to 20 was the final score. So uh, Berno right there just uh, rebounds and, they obviously want to defend their title. So really good showing. Yeah, big offensive showing with 59 points there. Um, so, the, yeah, as you say, they were definitely um, taking out a little bit of anger on the Warsaw Sirens, uh, probably also trying to send a message uh, back to uh, the teams in Prague that, you know, they're forced to be reckoned with. Um, I was a little surprised that, you know they let up 20 points, so um, so that's that's a concern going forward um, in their next contest. 
Now, the Battle of Prague, uh, the Harpies, uh, the original team there, uh, took down the Black Cats. Uh, kind of surprising in a way, considering uh, the Prague Black Cats played really well against the champs. Uh, but uh, overall, the Harpies do get that win. Uh, looks like they're going to be the team to challenge uh, Berno if they keep on track what they're doing right now. It, it certainly looks that way. Um, it, it doesn't seem like Warsaw is, is um, um, going to to play into this now with with two losses and and no victories. And they've gotten pretty um, they've gotten you know handled pretty easily uh, by both the Harpies and the Amazons. Um, so right now it looks like a three team race, and um, we'll have to see how it plays out. Right All right, now, we'll keep up on the Czech Republic season um, right there at the hub. Uh, we'll get all the updates from both uh, all four teams. But uh, it looks like Prague Harpies will be maybe the challenger to the Berno Amazon, so we'll keep touch right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash beauties. Queens Football League in Netherlands, uh, week one, uh, the 30 uh, Wolverines, 12 to 6 against the Swole Blue Jays. Uh, Blue Jays, obviously, brand new team uh, to the league. Uh, Wolverines, obviously, from the existing inaugural season. So 12 to 6, really good contest. Uh, one touchdown difference. Uh, so, I, you know, I applaud them for a competitive matchup. Yeah, it's great to see that uh, things are underway in the Netherlands uh, with the single match in the opening week. And, um, yeah, I'm looking, looking forward to seeing some more games. And it's going to be a great season. It's going to go uh, pretty much almost 90 days or more. Uh, we'll keep tabs on it every week uh, in terms of what's happening. Uh, we're going to get some links and feeds as well. Hopefully we'll get some video updates as well. So as soon as we get all that information from our network, we'll go ahead and dive it up to the hub, and then you guys get it right now. So don't forget, go to the hub every week, updates, uh, stories, articles, everything that's happening in women's American football. Uh, you get it right there at the hub at the best network on the planet. That is us at facebook.com forward slash square down beauty. All right, uh, Mark, the season in Russia has come to a conclusion. Uh, it was the Phoenix uh, 7 34, I believe, uh, to zero against the Moscow Ma- uh, Mad Wolves. And then it was the Unicorns, probably the best team in the uh, WLAF, 36 to six, taking down the Dragonflies, the previous champs. And then the Valkyries, 48-0 to zero against the Mad Wolves the, on the, the previous week. So uh, we are going to be basically having a Unicorns, uh, I'm pretty sure Unicorns Dragonflies for my standings and log. So I'll, I'll get confirmation from VK.com uh, or, um, and see if, if, uh, you know, if, if it changes. But overall, uh, Unicorns 36-6 to six, taking out Dragonflies in the last week of the season here. So we're getting ready for the champ, uh, championship playoff round in Russia. Yeah, we haven't talked very much about Russia um, on the show, um, although scores have been reported on the hub. Um, but um, so, you know, for our listeners who don't know, um, the WALF is based out of Moscow, and, and it's a five-team league, which is a perfect, you know, number of, of teams. Um, they play nine-on-nine. Nine. And um, they so they played uh, whatever ten games. Uh, so every, every mm-hmm. team's played uh, four games, and uh, the unicorns are undefeated at four zero. And then it's the 
Um, St. Petersburg Valkyries in second position at three and one. The Dragonflies are two and two. Phoenix at one and three, and the Mad Wolves at zero and four. So um, I'm not sure what they have for any kind of a playoff structure, but um, I think that they played out the season, and er- so all their regular season games have been played. So. Um, um, at 4-0, and the Unicorns would be the champions of the regular season. And as I said, I don't know if they have a normal playoff structure, and I don't know if this year they would follow that normal playoff structure, um, given the way um, things are. Um, so um, we'll have to find out more about that, if there are going to be any playoff games happening, or if this is it, if, if the Unicorns at 4-0 are the league champions of, of the year. Um, I, I think that's what it might be. I haven't seen, I didn't, haven't really turned up anything about um, a championship game or any sort of playoff structure, but um, I'm we should definitely on, it on, our, it. on our YouTube uh, network. That's where we get the feed for the live games. So I'll, I'll see if I can reach out to them and see if that's it. But I do presume that they would have a, maybe a, a finals matchup. But uh, I don't know for fact. Like I said, we're trying to read and do Google Translate. Sometimes doesn't help. Doesn't do a right. really good justice. And trying to dissect kind that of like thing as possible. Yeah, it's like the, one of the challenges of doing international um, uh, theme football is is trying to you know get over the the language barriers and um, you know it, it, if you look at a, at a Swedish or a Finnish. Uh, website page long enough, you can start to pick out certain words that you recognize and you know what they mean. Uh, it's a completely different story with, uh, you know, with Russia because they have a totally different alphabet. So um, um, it can be a little bit of a challenge, but it's definitely very re- rewarding, you know, watching, watching those videos uh, and they do a good job. I mean, for a team that's got, you know, for a league that's got five teams, uh, halfway around the world, um, you know, the video presentation of their games is, you know, pretty good. They're all there. So you can go to the hub, you can find the feeds, and uh, you can watch these games. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty amazing, and it's it's really a lot of fun to follow along. Um, so, I mean, to, to know that American football is being played, um, like Russia, and it's, uh, you know, the rules are the same. It is truly an international game. It was uh, great. Uh, you can guess get get the YouTube live feed right there from America uh, Amerifoot, Amerifoot, uh, and that's uh, via uh, the YouTube channel. And get the link right there, and you can watch the Moscow Mad Wolves taking on Phoenix. Uh, I believe the score was thirty-eight to zero, Phoenix. Uh, really good game. And then there's also the Valkyrie game, forty-eight to zero, and the Unicorn game. So if you guys go to the our YouTube channel. Uh, you would have gotten the feed right there as well on our YouTube channel uh, at Great Arm Views on YouTube as well. So, yeah, Mark, so really interesting season in Russia. Uh, the Unicorns probably the best team, as we just mentioned here. And and uh, Valkyries, you know, they had a couple seasons in, in I believe, in Finland before they obviously uh, committed to staying uh, because of COVID this year in Russia. But normally the Valkyries do play overseas, and they usually play, in, I believe, in the Maple League, uh, league uh, a couple seasons they played there as well. So uh, really, really impressive, and they're a pretty good squad as well. So one and two right there. So 
if there is a playoff format or a championship round, more than likely it's going to be unicorns against Valkyries. So I will sort of reach out and see if that's going to be the case. If not, to your point, looks like the unicorns finish off the season undefeated and would be considered the WLAF champs. Yep, it's a, it, it looks that way. And um, hopefully we'll hear something and can, can find something more about it. The Valkyries in second place, even though they took that one loss um, against the unicorns in the regular season, uh, they led the league in uh, points scored, um, averaging like 41 points per game compared to the unicorns, 26 per game. So uh, very interesting. That would make for a very interesting matchup in, in a final if they have one. Yeah, and we're going to keep tabs on that. So all games uh, from the WLA, uh, WLAF in Russia are right there at the hub at facebook.com for Sasquatch Beauties. As Mark said before, if you don't go there, you're missing out. Uh, the best network on the planet exists right there. So before Tuesday, right, Mark, go to the hub, figure out what we're going to talk about so you know exactly what we're, what we're diving into. Figure that out. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, don't forget to go to monkeyknifefight.com. Uh, especially for the NFL season right now, get it going. Easy props, more or less. Get yourself, uh, you know, $5 free play on us. Use the code NJF. If you make $5, you get $15 if you get it right, uh, $30 to $90. And then if you're really inclined to put $300 down, you could probably make up to $900. So monkeyknifefight.com, use the code NJF and get started today. That's our podcast sponsor. Helps them out. You can also go to zazzle.com forward slash gridiron beauties. Get yourself the No Joke Football gear right there, No Joke Football gear at Zazzle.com. Use the daily codes, save big. If you're international, go to the Zazzle.com site right there and then go all, all, the, all the way to the bottom and you'll see your country code right there. It's easier for you, free, uh, best shipping, faster shipping, and obviously you can get the great deals in your own currency. So, And you can also help us out with supporting the podcast to keep it alive and bring awareness every week. So uh, Zazzle.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Or you can go, like I said, uh, get the excitement of the NFL and play Monkey Night Fight with uh, Code NJF. All right, Mark. So, um, pretty pretty uh, impressive weekend in women's American football on the international scene. We should have LaFi um, and I believe Lexfa uh, could kickstart in another month. I think it's the month of October. That's what I've been told by our sources. So, if that does happen, obviously you need to be at the hub because you'll get everything there at the, the latest information right there at the hub. All right, before you go, Mark, let's get this down. The the GOAT of the WFA. WFA, who is the GOAT of the WFA? So uh, I'm sorry to say, Toledo Troopers, you're just in, not included in the conversation. Sorry to say that. So uh, it's only from the existence of the WFA 2009 to the current state. Uh, the, the consensus was, of course, Allison Cahill. That's most of the consensus from a lot of people. Yes, and, you know, I certainly think that um, that makes a lot of sense. She's the really the most accomplished player in the history of the league, certainly at her position. And, Oscar, I think you, you brought up that it's obviously very hard to answer this question and, you know, because it's hard to compare positions. Um, but a, as far as just kind of overall excellence at her position, you know, I would say that Allison Cahill is, um, um, uh, you know, one of the top choices 
um, if not the top choice, certainly would be my top choice. Although, you know, um, in the same breath, I would um, suggest that Whitney Zealy of the uh, Boston Militia and the Boston Renegades uh, should certainly be in that conversation. Uh, sim- you know, certainly also very accomplished, um, set, you know, set records, but I think more than anything, she dominated games like no other player did. Um, you know, when you talk about someone who is the most athletic, the best athlete, the best football player on the field at the time, it was Whitney Zealy every time she stepped on the field. Um, she, I mean, she's she, the, the Eric Dickerson of the WFA. I literally, what she would be bowled down to, you know, the Eric yeah, of the I WFA, mean, much, you know, because she, she did she, had a great season. And she was very durable during that season, and she showed what she can do. Uh, and Massey yep. over, I, be, I believe, over 2,000 yards in a season. Yep. Um, she uh, she broke the WFA record for yards in a season um, with, I think it was 2,138 on the regular season. And then she, you know, she ran for a whole bunch more in the playoffs um, that year. That was in 2013. Um uh, she was injured for most of 2014, uh, came back for the playoffs. I think she played the last regular season game and then the playoffs. So, so like four games, she rushed for over a thousand yards in those four games and like 20 touchdowns. It was insane. I mean, uh, I, That's why no, I think, no other. I think the, the goat question is is got to go deeper than just the offensive stat chat a cheat because we equate a goat to as an example to a Tom Brady but a Tom Brady would not be considered a goat in that sense by himself without the you know the, the established team that he had so the same could be said for Alton Cahill very successful at her position she's had a great tenure but also the fact that she she's been able to have a a cast around her to allow her to be as successful as she is where, you know, we have other players on the defensive side of the ball or offensive side of the ball uh, defensively at this point, people don't consider those players and high accolades in American football because it's all about the stats and all that and all the accolades. But there are, you know, players as uh, Laura Brown alluded to uh, Cindy Bryant, you know, all multi-time all American, um, you know, has played almost over 20 seasons in the, in, in terms of uh, women's tackle football but, you know, has played probably over 10 seasons in, in the WFA alone in itself. So there's – the question was that I put out there was, you know, can can some people, you know, name two two offensive players and two defensive players on their previous squads that would be considered to be GOATs, right? Because then we really start a conversation about weighing, you know, who who is the best quarterback in the WFA in, in the short span. Besides Allison Cahill, who's the other people in the conversation? You know, I threw out a, a Lisa Horton. I threw out an Allie Hamlin, right? There's other other uh, players that we could throw out there in terms of the quarterback debate. Uh, and then we have the running back debate. We could have running back debates as well and, you know, the offensive lineman debate and defensive lineman debate. So if we want to make it interesting, uh, the WFA would have to d- put in some time and effort in terms of research to, to give us, like, the top 100 WFA players since the existence of the WFA, which would be a massive task. 
Right. Uh, but one that I think would be very worthwhile. Um, you know, when, when people talk about uh, the GOAT, um, it, obviously it, it's kind of a frivolous conversation considering that football is the ultimate team sport and nobody can accomplish anything. You know, I, I think you are right. I, I think the conversation really is like, who are the most elite players at their positions in the history of the WSA? That's, that's such a more, uh, you know, it's a richer kind of pursuit and um, it's a higher level of understanding of the women's game. And I think it's uh, the time invested into, you know, building that kind of a list is is worthwhile. And, you know, we're talking all about this, you know, and maybe the post that they put up there was just for funsies or whatever, but I really think the WFA has to start thinking about a Hall of Fame for their league, league-specific Hall of Fame. You know, yep. it, it's, I agree. It's great That's that what I'm saying. If we're going to – Throw that out there, and who's the who is the goat? Uh, you got to break it down, because then we got to we got to talk about okay, we division two, II, division three came into play, right? It's not like one blanketed league now. Now we got to talk about who's the goat in division two. You know, in the in the in the time frame of the, the division two, the the division three, right? As an example, I'm pretty sure you can you can get you know every team to put out two names on offense and defense that they can throw in the bucket as a conversation starter to say these are the players that each team has nominated as their best players in terms of their franchise, right? In terms of contribution, effort, accolades, et cetera. And, and then you really, I mean, you'd have to spend almost a year dissecting all that before you come up with the top 50 or top 100, but it would be uh, kind of uh, fitting in a, in a way to, like you said, have the WFA formally start some something like that because, if you get to that stage, here's your list of top 100. Now you really have, to your point, a opportunity to put a Hall of Fame together. And it would be probably very accurate in terms of, you know, the names that would come up. Yeah, I think so. And we think it would be a lot more legitimate, uh, you know, yep. not to take away from the efforts of, of other people that are, you know, um, you know, also a lot of work. and um, But you know, I think it would be there would there would be a cri- certain criteria that you know that we under that is understandable to people um, at the league level. Um, I certainly understand to the desire to have a Hall of Fame for all women's football, uh, but by the same token, I think every league should have their own Hall of Fame. I think every team should have their own Hall of Fame if they have the organizational prowess to do that, to get that done. Um, you know, the yeah, DC Divas, Divas do great job. have done it. Yeah, they do a great job. I mean, Rich Daniel has done a really good job. I mean, that's tradition for them. They uh, obviously value every player that has come through the, the doorway in the roster, you know. So I think that's really impressive. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, it didn't happen overnight. You had to put a lot of work into it. But um, – Certainly for teams like the Divas, um, programs like Boston, well, Minnesota, of course, teams that have been around for even longer than the WFA, they're going to have a much richer history to draw from. Um, 
Um, you know, that's kind of beyond the scope of the WFA. But um, um, so so they might be trying to say to add more than a couple people on offense and defense. You know, I'm saying simply for being around long, a long time. The point being that there have been a lot of very, very good players uh, in women's football, certainly um, in the WFA. So um, yeah, maybe this is a Burmy project or uh, a Lisa King project, right? Somebody's project to, to get, give us the top 50 or top 100 players in in the WFA history. Uh, that would be an impressive list to kind of review and go over. Uh, so, but the consensus uh, based on the responses from the WFA post, obviously Allison Cahill was one of the responses, uh, unanimous responses or consensus. Uh, but we should have uh, other players involved there. So. Hopefully, uh, maybe they'll take our feedback. And then, like you said, Mark, maybe at some point we get to that Hall of Fame, WFA Hall of Fame. And given the fact that we're in Canton for the next four years, that would be a pretty good project to kind of introduce and maybe set uh, in stone on some sort of a – could be introduced to the Hall of Fame in terms of the WFA allure and what it – what you know, uh, the players that have contributed to the success of the league. And and now that we're in Canton, I I would see it would make sense to have a project like that to kind of research – 10 years of, you know, the, the best players, the, uh, even if you just took the, you know, the top teams with the playoffs, every team with playoffs, you'd be able to find probably a, a hundred players in that span that was very impactful and, and contributing to the success of the league and their team. And obviously the opportunity for them to be in the playoffs and go deep in the playoffs as an example, like St. Louis lamb, for example. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I certainly hope that, you know, at some point during this, um, you know, five-year tenure at the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton for Championship Week, that um, the WFA will have um, created a WFA Hall of Fame. Because uh, if you think of it this way, you know, what female player is going to be in actually really inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame if the top league doesn't even have their own Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Good point. Good point. No, you're you're on point. That's what I'm saying, that it's got to be a labor of love. Between now and five years, you have that opportunity to spotlight. You know, Even if it's a top 25 list, we don't have to go 100, but if, even if it's a top 25 list, uh, it would be an impressive list. You know, top 50 would probably be more ideal uh, because I'm pretty sure you can pinpoint – 50 players within the 10 year span, you know, that have made the, uh, the WFA what it is. Absolutely. You know, I think that's a great number. And, you know, um, quite frankly, I think if it's a labor of love, it probably won't be hard to get to 50. Um, um, no, and we're going to reach you out to win some and Lisa. We should reach out to yeah. Lynn and Lisa and see if they want to take on that project. Uh, I mean, that would be ideal, like I said, at a championship game to unveil the top 50 players, you know, and, or, you know, the top 20 players each season. You could build up to hundreds every season. You know, you do 20, 20, 20, and then, you know, on your fifth year, you you basically are garnered almost 100 players that have played the, in the WFA. So uh, really, really awesome. All right, Mark, so uh, I will catch you here next week. Thanks for the time as always. Uh, great weekend of, of football. We still got Sweden in action. We still have uh, the Czech Republic, 
Uh, we have the Queens League that just started. So we're going to be talking a lot of women's football here. So don't miss it, everybody. Come on in every Tuesday. Uh, Mark Simone, a.k.a. Backseat Coach here, breaking it down for us and giving us the lowdown of international women's American football scene. So appreciate it, Mark. I appreciate it too, buddy. Have a good evening. Okay, have a great weekend. I'll see you. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. Uh, that was uh, Mark Simone, a.k.a. Backseat Coach, uh, breaking it down for us in terms of the national scene. Uh, and he'll be here every week, as he always is. Um, you know, and then get, giving us the lowdown and everything that's happening in the sport. And if you know what's going on, go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron You can follow Mark on Twitter at, at uh, Backseat Coach. Follow him on IG as well at Backseat Coach. And you can follow him on Facebook at Backseat Coach as well. Um, and uh, don't forget, check it out every week at the hub. And you go right there. So we're going to dive into week this week one action. And we're going to go back to Holly's Corner. And she's going to give us the breakdown of week one. Here are the most interesting results from the NFL from week one. Steelers 23, Bills 16. What a statement opening win for the Steelers. Their defense made Josh Allen really work, and they made the plays needed to come back and steal this win. Cardinals 38, Titans 13. As Derrick Henry goes, the Titans go, and Henry did not go. The Cardinals hold him only 58 yards and 17 carries, and Kyler Murray explodes for four touchdowns in the air and another one on the ground. Chargers 20, Washington 16. The Chargers prove it's a new year, and so far in 2021, they can finish games. Justin Herbert did his thing with 337 passing yards and a touchdown against a stingy Washington defense. Chiefs 33, Browns 29. Browns come out on fire and cough it up late. Sound familiar? Browns have had the defensive front that they need, and they also have the running game. But at this point, I think they have a mental block with making mistakes late against Mahomes, and you just cannot do that. Saints 38, Packers 3. After all that offseason talk with Aaron Rodgers, and that's how he starts the season, Packers fans have to be worried. He only throws for 133 yards and two interceptions for a quarterback rating of 13.6. Meanwhile, Jameis Winston, yes, Mr. 30 picks, throws for five, counts in five touchdowns. Maybe the preseason picks everyone made might have been a little premature. It seems like the only Packer who kind of showed up was Devontae Adams. Rams 34, Bears 14. Just let Justin Fields play. Andy Dalton looked like Andy Dalton, and the Bears defense couldn't stop a nosebleed against the fired-up Rams. The Rams have too many weapons to tackle as poorly as the Bears did. This is not a good omen for the Bears, so you might as well let Justin Fields get some experience. Well, in the breakdown right there, perfect by Holly in terms of Green Bay. What what a situation in the offseason where everybody thought, oh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is going to be this and that, but not a true reflection of the whole game because there was some issues in terms of uh, Green Bay turning the ball over and giving opportunities to the Saints and not doing their great job. So, that right there in itself, surprising that Green Bay would come out that flat. Uh, the um, the other games that we were looking at in terms of the, the span is Green Bay, Buffalo, Falls, Tennessee, New England, obviously with the change at quarterback. They're destined to go probably a combined 0-68 at this point in, from week one's perspective, but that's probably not the case. But we're just, just overblown here. But all four supposed contenders suffered startling upsets along with the Vikings. Washington football team, and very nearly also the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. So 
I mean, if you're a betting guy, uh, probably not a happy camper at this point, considering everything that was going on uh, in terms of week one. And uh, to Holly's point, Kansas City ran into a limited resistance on road to the Super Bowls in 2019 and 2020, but a strong season opening road challenge by the Browns. Uh, that really put a scare in terms of Kansas City. The, uh, the Browns led the Chiefs for particularly the entire game, looked a little bit uh, at their level in terms of the KC defense, looked very uh, vulnerable. Uh, the Chiefs often remained stacked but wasn't able to execute consistently in the red zone, so shout out to the, to the Browns for doing a great job there. And then prior to Sunday, Buffalo and Baltimore, uh, I mean, they joined Cleveland as the most obvious challengers to the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, Buffalo's a tough loss right there. That was just, like, not not good. Uh, Buffalo has too much talent not to rebound in this coming week. And now defensive, the defensively South Steelers look like a factor again. So that's going to be a problem for the Bills and coming up. Uh, the Patriots also look like they'd, again, be in the mix this year after Belichick and company went on a wild offseason spending spree. And their week one loss to Miami might have had a similar effect as Buffalo-Pittsburgh. So the Pats won't fall apart simply, but because they fell by uh, by a single point in their rookie quarterback's debut, and now we have a, definitely have to account for a rebuilt Miami team that could extremely be competitive in the AFC um, East, as I talked about at the beginning of the year before this you know season kicked off. Uh, uh, Tua can take off at quarterback. Miami's going to be relevant. Brian Flores' defense looks as good as anything. It could be special here. Elsewhere, the Bengals and the Chargers pulled off my, uh, mild upsets of their own to start 1-0. Both teams are led by highly promising second-year quarterbacks who are loaded with offensive support, and both defenses have several big pieces in place. So if Miami, Cincinnati, and the Chargers can rise up, if Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore are legit, and if Buffalo, New England, Tennessee, and the Colts can bounce back from Sunday's losses, the AFC could be a deep, deep, uh, seen, and that's not, not ideal for two-time defending champions in terms of the Chiefs. So that is what we're looking at. But you know, the Saints having a great game against Green Bay. We'll see if they can keep that up. Uh, I'm kind of a letdown if you're a Green Bay fan, and and uh, Aaron Rodgers did not play up to his potential. Uh, Thursday night, Dallas 31-29, and uh, against Tampa Bay, uh, Mac couldn't make it today, but I'm pretty sure I'll eat my crow next the week after. But Dallas uh, barely uh, almost gets away with the win uh, against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay holds holds them off 31-29. Uh, Cooper and company really played a really good game. Prescott and everybody else uh, and it put a scare into the Buccaneers in the last, uh, what, five minutes of the fourth quarter. So 31-29 on Thursday night. Uh, my Rams just completely looked awesome. Uh, Matthew Stafford, Woods, Cup. Jefferson, oh my God, I was just so happy um, and just an ecstatic Sunday night game. And, and Matthew Stafford lighting it up at SoFi, what we wished for, what we wanted, and look at that, we get what we wanted. And as Ram fans, we were just happy and happy as we can be. So it's going to be interesting to see um, how we do against Indianapolis. But on the road, that'll be an interesting thing for week two. Then Las Vegas, of all places. Uh, they needed to get this win. Coming up into this season, Las Vegas really needed to get this win, and they did take care of business against Baltimore. Baltimore, with some injuries, they had running back coming in here to this game, not so much so healthy. They had some problems. They did kind of adjust, and they 
try to make adjustments on terms of the offense, and they did make a, put a scare in terms of the Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas gets their first win in their new stadium in Vegas to shine 33-27, an impressive win by Derek Carr and company. And uh, so Waller and Derek Carr connection really, really well. So 33-27. Baltimore, I think, will rebound. Not such a bad, uh, bad loss. They played pretty well uh, on offense once they get that fixed. I think they'll be fine. So let's go into Holly's corner here for the next week, which is NFL Week 2, and give us her thoughts on that. Here are my top three matchups to watch for in Week 2 of the NFL. Bills at Dolphins. The Bills did not look great in Week 1 and cannot afford to start the season 0-2 if they want to go on a deep playoff run. The Dolphins eat it out against the Patriots, but this would be a statement win for them at home. Number two, the Cowboys at Chargers. The Cowboys didn't have a bad first showing, but didn't do enough to finish and couldn't run the ball. Now they face a hungry Chargers team who, who can move the ball. The Cowboys also cannot afford to start 0-2 in a weak division. The Chargers starting 2-0 would also go a long way in forgetting last year. Number three, the Titans at the Seahawks. The Titans got off to a terrible start and now have to head to Seattle, which is a tough place to play. Seattle seems to have started the season in a similar way to last year and need to keep pace in the NFC West. Can the Seahawks stop Derrick Henry? All right, so Holly's game picks are here. Uh, Dallas uh, against the Chargers in Week 2. Seattle, Tennessee, uh, very good question by her, whether uh, Seattle is going to get into that level where they start off hot and then they kind of fade out in the in terms of the late games, late terms of the season. Uh, Dallas really needs this win, but I think the Chargers more so need this win than any other team. If they can go 2-0 and in the AFC West, given the fact that we got, uh, I think, Kansas City in the mix here, uh, if they could be a challenge to the Kansas City. You got the Raiders winning this week, also going to be an issue. Uh, Buffalo, as to her point, could not drop this game against Miami. They need a rebound game. But for Miami, this would be a great beginning for Tua at the starting position here in, in this year. And Miami could set up the tone for what the AFC East is going to look like uh, coming into the next couple, five weeks. We'll see where they land. But this is impressive. Uh, the other games we talked about, um, so we're going to look at new, the Giants taking on the Washington football team this coming Thursday night. Uh, you get to watch it right there. Uh, you get all the details at the hub as well. Um, New York Giants against the Washington football team. Both teams coming in here with losses. And then Sunday night, Kansas City taking on Baltimore, an opportunity for the uh, Lamar Jackson and company to really make a, a statement game for themselves coming off that, uh, you know, that loss in Vegas, 33-27. If they can and retool their offense, they could probably challenge uh, Kansas City. So we'll see how that goes, given the Browns really led that game against Kansas City. Then Detroit, uh, Jared Goff put a scare to the Niners. Uh, I know he's a good player because he played for us in, in, with the Rams. Put a scare to the Niners right there. Uh, Niners obviously with some injuries at the beginning of, at the, beginning of the game with Mozart and, and company. And, so, uh, and then they're facing Green Bay. This would be a great opportunity for Jared Goff to take the Green Bay Packers down in Lambeau and give them an 0-2 start. What would that do for Aaron Rodgers' rumors and everything else? Uh, uh, so, you know, rooting for Jared Goff, I think he's a talented quarterback, and I really, you know, he was obviously our quarterback for a long time. But 
if he can do what he did to the Niners scare, this is going to look similar to what the Saints did to Green Bay in week one. Uh, hopefully that's uh, Green Bay better wake up, but Detroit could pull the upset here and get a, a win in Lambeau, which hasn't happened in a long, long time. So really impressive um, Monday night football to watch. So Thursday night, New York against uh, Washington football team, New York Giants against Washington football team. Then we got Sunday night, Kansas City against Baltimore. Uh, Monday night, Detroit against Green Bay. I will be watching for sure the Monday night game because that's going to be uh, exciting to see if Jared Goff somehow impressive gets impressive there on the road against the Green Bay Packers. And who doesn't want to see if uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to rebound at home, plays a bad game at home, well, it's gonna it's gonna be kind of nice to see what the uh, reaction will be at Lambeau for an 0 and 2 Packers start. That would be very very uh, exciting to see in some ways, and also at the same time, kind of a drama at, you know thing in the NFL. So really really cool to see. So we'll we'll keep tabs on Monday night. So thanks to Holly for uh, giving us the lowdown and the breakdowns for college football and for the NFL. Uh, thanks for uh, Mark Simone coming in here to give us the the lowdown and breakdown of the women's American football scene, international scene from Queens Football League, from the uh, Sweden uh, Super Series and Division One, Division Two, and on top of that, also uh, giving us the breakdown in terms of the Russian final season, the final se- uh, season finale there in Russia. And thanks also uh, for, to Kelly Smith for coming in here, the WNFC 2020 Offensive Player of the Year. What a great season for her. Uh, expecting great things for the Alabama Fire in 2022. Uh, don't forget uh, WNFC tryouts October 2nd nationwide. Go to WNFC, WNFCfootball.com. Uh, if you need tryout information for the WFA as well, you can go to WFAProFootball.com. All teams will have uh, tryouts. Uh, they're not nationwide one-day tryouts. All teams are basically setting up their own trial dates uh, or tryout dates. So go to WFA, uh, WFAProFootball.com. Go to Women's Football Alliance on Facebook, or you can go to IG at WFA Football or on Twitter, WFA Football. Uh, so both top leagues getting ready for the 2022 season. So don't forget, dive in. If you want to play, tell a friend. Uh, tell anybody that wants to play women's American football. Uh, there's a team nearby in any of the states, all the 50 states in the United States. There's either a WFA team or a WNFC, t- uh, WNFC team, even a WTFL team out there as well. And if you're in uh, Texas, even uh, 999. IWFA uh, as well. So check it out. Um, so tryouts are there. Um, so WFAProFootball.com and WNFCFootball.com. All right. So that's it. It's got to do it. 390 in the books. We're going to be uh, getting ready for 391 as we go into NFL week two and we go into the college football scene week three. And then we're going to dive into Sweden in the last couple weeks of the season there. The Czech Republic, it's just starting off. Queens Football League just starting off, so really, really awesome. Don't forget to check out uh, our sign-up for our podcast on iHeart, Spotify, and Apple, as well as don't forget to go globalwomensportsradio.com. Go to the uh, podcast tab right there and uh, subscribe and give us a, a great rating right there. Sign up for Monkey Night Fight. Use the code NJF. $5 free play up to a $100 match. Go to monkeynightfight.com for uh, us NJF if you want to use the code there. Right now for the NFL season, why would you not be at Monkey Night Fight? Pretty easy. More or less, you can figure out somebody's going to score more or less of something. So check it out, Monkey Night Fight. Use the code NJF. Free $5 play up to $100 match. Helps support the podcast. 
So it really gives us a, a big boost to bring you uh, everything that we do on Tuesdays to keep the awareness of Women's American Football Live uh, on the best podcast over eight years running. And uh, we do a great job. Thanks to all our co-hosts that have con- contributed to us for a long period of time. So uh, don't forget, subscribe on Apple, iHeart, or Spotify. So that's it for uh, the absent Mackenzie Brooks, Nate Ward, and uh, Holly Custis, Mark Simone. Uh, Oscar Lopez here. We'll catch you next week for 391 as the NFL starts just to gleam up. We'll be there Monday night football. That's where we want to be, Detroit, Green Bay. So have a great night, everybody. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50.